you remember how we were talking about doggy dates last week? Yeah, yeah. It's and, like play dates with kids, but with right. dogs. Yep. And we likened our dogs to our children for now because our wombs are still barren as it stands. Yeah, the Lord has not opened, thankfully. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I'm okay with it staying that way. I'm great with it. No, I will say though, like, you know, people always get mad, like, don't compare your pets to kids. But it is like a really good kid training program because they need a lot they think for themselves and they don't really care how you think sometimes mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. require proper socialization mm-hmm. they need to be fed all the time they can't mm-hmm. just feed themselves like right. a roommate so they're a good kid training package we didn't video this episode but while hannah was saying all of that i literally had to mute to scream at my dogs and i was like this is just so on brand but <laughs> i very on theme i made the comment Again, I'm bringing this back up because I've realized that I say things to Miko that I would say to a toddler often. Yes. And I have some examples, just a couple, because sometimes I forget to write them down. But one of them was don't lick scissors because I had left, I had left a pair of scissors on the table, the coffee table, as I like went to go to something else and I went to her licking them. And I was like, do not lick scissors. (laughs) And I was like, don't do it. (laughs) And then she, Miko is just the known toy destroyer. Do you need a moment? (laughs) No, I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, Hannah's like, just like, he's, I don't know if you can hear, hear it. She's like, no, I was just with her microphone. To, no, we don't, you know what, guys? We're we're just a couple kids hustling these streets. Truly. Like, we don't have the equipment that some of the, let us call them, slightly more established houses have. Sure. Where they can just like have a microphone descending from the heavens. It's like a little Gwen Stefani mic to their mm-hmm, face. Mm-hmm. If I want to put my microphone in front of me, Emma sees like a giant black nose and it's actually <laughs> perfect for speaking into, but the yes. bottom half of my face is completely obfuscated, which is a really big word for hidden. <laughs> so it's true. Mine's more of an angle and I'm just kind of like shifting my neck a little bit, but that's yeah, but um, it hurts. <laughs> yes. So really we're <laughs> <laughs> So what I'd like to do is just talk like I'm wearing a mask to you with my microphone directly in front of my face. Yeah. But the problem is if I do that, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not a cute look. So we're I'm out just, here trying. So here we go. Okay. There we go. Ta-da. Anyway. Um, you were saying. I, I, I also will say things like don't eat plastic to Miko because she's a known toy destroyer. Like she, it lasts less than a day. And I tell her every time, if you eat it, I take it. And she doesn't understand what I'm saying, of course, because she's a dog, but I still do it. And I'm like, you will learn. <laughs> you will. So you will learn. I just keep like realizing that I have children. They just are furrier than most. Very um, nice. There was this girl on TikTok I saw a video of. And Hannah, you and I are both very openly mid-size. You know, we're yep. like, I, I work out quite a bit. I have a very specific routine that I like. You work out the way you like. There was this girl on TikTok and I'm not disparaging body types. A lot of people just have naturally thin body types and like you go Glenn Coco. Like that's what you were born with. Work it. This girl. That being said. That being said. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm about to disparage people who we talked about this a little bit earlier, who use their body type as evidence that 
they're doing everything correctly in the gym. Oh, I see. Yeah. Which is to me, just like a tale as old as time. The amount of super thin women and men who become personal trainers and they're like, you too can look like me, this tiny twig. If you run three laps a day and you lift 45 kilos and you eat broccoli, like you will look like me and you won't, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you won't. We could all do the same diet and the same exercise and we would still look different, but this girl in the comments. That is the way we were made. Truly. This is like, that's your skeleton, baby. Like embrace it. But this girl, it, she wasn't specifically saying anything. She was just showing like some ab routine that she did. And I was like, can we call it abs? I don't know. But this girl in the comments was saying, oh my gosh, what's your routine? And in my head, I was like being thin. The end. <laughs> that's our routine. And like, like I said, it's not her fault that she is thin, you know, not that it's like, it's no more her fault for being thin than it is mine for being like a size eight to 10. Like, that is your body but like let's just be realistic about our bodies like I don't think everyone who who squats is going to be able to squat as much as me a lot of the time because I'm very bottom heavy you know and that's just my body well and I think the biggest thing is just embracing what you have and loving that like it's a journey for everybody it's not always easy in fact most of the time it's really hard Mm -hmm. but at least you're trying like everybody struggles with body image to a certain degree and whether that is perfecting little things or like big sweeping changes that you wish were there learning to love your body and treating your body well is super important for everybody so I just think in general and I know we've said this in different voices with different faces at different times but Mm -hmm. like social media is such a cancer in terms of comparison because you were not supposed to look like that person you don't have their skeletal structure you don't have their metabolism you don't have their money you don't have their schedule you don't have their bone structure like none of it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so like why would you in some ways like there's wisdom in following other people who do know things about personal training but why would you try to achieve someone else's body like it's just never gonna happen alas here we stand other things of note so remember our conversation about self-control and I was like I'm so good at this is super simple (laughs) and everyone should ask me about it I think is what you said (laughs) I did I released last week's episode on Tuesday I also edited it on Tuesday and um because I am a procrastinator but no, I just, I have, I'm also yeah, a full-time student. I'm doing like my best. if you had a superhero name, it would be procrastinator. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> but it's like successful procrastinator. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. wait till the last minute and still succeed, girl. But that wouldn't you're fit. you're a superhero, but like you always run into the wrong phone booth because you forgot which one, but like you get changed and you get there on time, right. but it's just like not a smooth process. You were supposed to get there like six hours ago and like check the lighting and like set up your little cape and have an entrance. And you just kind of get there at the last minute, but like, it's a good show. Like it's a good job. Mm-hmm. We just love excitement and tension. That's all. <laughs> we just love it. No, it's but like in, um, he's just not that into you when I can't remember the guy's character. I think his name justin but that might be his actual name justin long's character yeah justin long that's it when he's talking to Gigi about do you ever just wait till the last minute to pay your phone bill because you (laughs) like the excitement you all crave the drama that's you (laughs) it is me i'm just like oh will i pay it won't i i will but that's not the point surprise (laughs) so anyway i i was editing the episode and i got to the point where I was talking, it was very early on. And I got to the point editing where I was like, I'm only going to order Uber Eats on the weekends. Well, let me tell you, 
that during that episode, I had already ordered Uber Eats. Wow. <laughs> and I got to that point and I had my food and I, I like paused and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no one can see me. <laughs> the level of disrespect, I tell you. But anyway, it's a new day. So far, we are orderless. I just got sick of pasta. I hear you. I mean, honestly, I was having a conversation with someone today where they were like, oh, you know, it's so weird that no matter how much you earn, you always get to the end of the month. You're like, where did my money go? <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I, I get to mid month. Like, it's really more like early month. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> second of the month. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, but, but genuinely, I think there's so many people like regardless of the income strata that you find yourself in where mm-hmm. you get to three quarters away through the month and you're like, where the heck did all my money go? And I keep thinking, because I will probably be changing jobs at some point in the near future. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking like, what's the minimum that I could survive on? But I have absolutely no idea because I don't budget and I save money. But realistically, I have absolutely no idea where my money goes. And if I go back to my account transactions, to me, I just explain everything away. I'm like, oh, but that was like such a good deal on that pair of jeans. So it's like (laughs) not going to be a consistent thing. And then I'm like, like oh, but I forgot that I needed this shampoo and like blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I just feel like it would not be an effective use of my time and I also cannot stand someone who evaluates my financial decisions my mother does that <laughs> like I I cannot support someone going hey uh you didn't need to buy that because I'll just get immediately defensive I'll be like yes Same. I did <laughs> it was essential <laughs> and that's funny that Shanna says that because earlier today I was like I kind of want to go back to extensions and oh my gosh so, so can we just take a minute to talk about extensions because I have really really thick hair which is not a brag it's just to say that for me to get extensions I would be clinically insane there would be no benefit to me getting them so I've never I've never understood how they work how much they are and Emma's filled me in gradually over time but she was like yeah I think like the cheapest way that I would go about it is like five hundred dollars I'm like <laughs> you know and it's funny because I paid that much just to get my hair bleached like to go to you bleach five hundred dollars to get your hair bleached yeah it was a five hour process so yes oh I did God. it's not if you're, unless you're listening to this and you're like should I go bleach blonde think very carefully one mine don't do it about, at home mine was about 250 and it was 150 to 200 ish dollars every other month yeah so well, like each month you're like oh it's not that bad yes it is it's awful yes, the it maintenance is. on bleach blonde on ice blonde insane Unless you have super dark blonde hair, in which case it won't be that bad. Right. I have like, you can see my roots coming in. I don't have dark brown hair, but like it's dark enough that you would, like you can see my roots. And I have just been neglecting it because at this point I'm ready to move in a different hair color direction anyway. And I'm like, they're ready to part ways as friends. It's been almost a year that I've had my blonde and probably about six or seven months that I've had like bleach blonde. And I like it, but like I said, the maintenance is just like, ugh. and I'm just like ready. My butterfly wings have emerged and they're like, mm, change. And I'm like, okay, mm, I get it. Fly. So I was telling Hannah, like my hair, it's not super short anymore. Like when I got it cut, it was more like close to my like my chin, my ears basically. Yeah. And now it's about on my shoulders and I get it trimmed every time I go in. So I just have thin hair. So it does not really grow super fast. <laughs> I do. I have very fine hair and I, I need, if I want the long luscious, my sister's the only one in my family that has this thick hair. I don't know where she got it. Like she's so lucky. It just, it's just like, Oh, I'm so jealous, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
You say that though, and everybody who has thick hair would be like, oh, you'd hate it if you have it. So honestly, it's just another element of consumer culture that convinces you you want something that you don't have because they make money off of you trying to change your natural state. And it's going to work because let me tell you, I just really like having longer hair to play with personally. Like there's a lot of styling that I like to do with it. I just like how it looks. So we were looking into various extension salons in New York City. And of course, they're all exorbitant. I think the cheapest one was about $1,300 for the hair and, and the application, which is not necessarily unreasonable in the world of extensions, but just for keratin tips, I'm not going to pay that much. Which is like a decent third-hand car. Yeah. I mean. You could buy a functional Ford that has a lot of miles, but runs and like will get you from A to B for $1,300. All this to say. I have the most disjointed conversation in the world to say <laughs> extensions are expensive. It's a trap. Yes. But I, I, if anyone is interested in getting extensions, the best thing that you can do, and I'm going to tell you the secret, here's what you do. Right now. You go to an, you go to a website. It's called Donna Bella, Donna, D-O-N-N-A, Bella, B-E-L-L-A.com. And they it's Italian have, for pretty lady. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, it's really good quality extensions and they're not that expensive. So in the grand scheme of things, like you might look at a pack and be like, oh my God, $60. That's ridiculous. It's nothing in comparison to what you would get into a salon as far as price goes, not quality, but price. Do you ever think about like what time travelers or like aliens would think of the things that we buy? We only want the finest quality hair. We stick the hair from the other people on our own hair. (laughs) I'll just straight up cut a horse's tail off and be like, here we go. (laughs) People think like, if you didn't have the context where extensions were normal and this was like just a part of the beauty industry, but if you were visiting from like a foreign planet and the humans were like, so we pay for the hair to be ripped from other people, we rebrand the hair and then we put the hair with our own hair to make it luscious. (laughs) They'd be like, you are insane. Take photo, take photo, take photo. Oh my gosh, Earth is wild. <laughs> oh, it really is. I'm going to tell you, this is the best way to do it. One, don't get tapins. Every site has tapins, don't use them. Keratin tip for first time extensions is probably your best bet. What you do on this website is you go to find a salon or a stylist, rather, and it will get you put in your mileage, your zip code, etc., and it will give you a list of places that will install that hair like nearby. Rather, a lot of salons will force you to buy the hair that they supply and they will charge exorbitant amounts. Like it, it'll be like triple what you would pay anywhere else for like extensions, and it's ridiculous because getting them put in is already about 150 to 200, depending on the kind of hair that you get. So the, the easier the process, the cheaper it is. So for WEFs, $400 plus because that's a sew-in. It's very, very arduous. For tips and for tape-ins, probably about like $150. So the best, this is the best way to do extensions in my opinion because this is not bad quality hair. It's about 64 pack for keratin tips. I buy about five packs and I usually have extra because I have fine hair. If you have thicker hair, you can buy less, you know, like it's up, it's on, it's on you. And they have every color imaginable. Only the finest hair. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Anyway, this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm excited because it's been a long time. I got, I had extensions last year that I've had taken out. I took them out myself because it's not hard. Once keratin tips get to a certain point, they just kind of slide off of the hair. You can't get them removed, but they have to like break the tip and it's, it's about another $200 to get them removed. So Oh my gosh. You should know in advance, you have to re-tip keratin tips if you want to use the hair again. So just keep that in mind. And That's been extension hour on the QVC. Okay, there was one more thing that I wanted to say. And it was, of course, it came, it. From, it came from a TikTok. And it was, 
this video of a girl, she was making fun of herself being like being the girl dating crappy men <laughs> so that her healthy relationship friends have entertainment. And I was like, it is I, <laughs> it is me. Well, unlike the last few weeks, guys, I've been listening back. I've been taking notes and I now understand our podcast and how it functions. So okay. Emma, shall we introduce the episode? <laughs> I guess we've come to that point now that I've talked about literally everything else. So yes. Extensions, 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 aliens, understanding extensions, extensions. <laughs> Love that moment for us. Okay. Yes. Hello and welcome everybody to hey, this week's episode. Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome. Bonjour. Other greetings. Salut. <laughs> so I am Hannah. And I am still Emma, shockingly. And this is the transcontinental tea, where we bring you the tea from two continents, transversing the Atlantic, thus creating transcontinental tea. <laughs> it's a prefix, people. It's a Sick lot of, of things. explaining this. I'll tell you what, it's a lot of things. So you know what? Honestly, having this podcast has been great in many ways. Mm-hmm. And one of them is that I get all of these questions from friends who know I do a podcast. But one of the greatest things was Pammy coming on a few weeks ago and Uh thinking that all of our intros were myself. They were all me. (laughs) I did them. They're not. So without further ado, getting right into the workout, here is the Tea of the Week. Sponsored by Easy A, unofficially. They don't know. (laughs) Tea, tea, tea. That was two actors whose names are escaping me at this moment, but they're on the movie. Stanley Tucci and the one who plays the mom. I know. She's such a great actress. I'm ashamed of myself. Like she's fab in that role. But anyway, Hannah, I would love for you to give me your tea first and foremost. I will tell you that it is very relevant to extensions, such as hair. (laughs) Mine is about hair. (laughs) Re my hair. (laughs) So everybody has lockdown tragedies, and I know this, and mine's probably going to feel a little bit shallow, and I have other ones, but today is not about them. Today is about the hair. So my problem- It deserves a spotlight sometimes. It does. And I'm going to get on that soapbox, and I'm going to give a little speech. We're ready. Next slide on my TED Talk, and everyone's going to love it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully relating. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> People need it. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Voting at the same time. Okay. At the same time. <laughs> so my tea of the week is about my hair. Okay. Now, like many of you, I, amid this lockdown, have resorted to beauty techniques that are questionable, mm-hmm. one of which was trimming my own hair. And actually, it worked out pretty well. I, I am proud. I am proud of the results that I achieved. That being said, even Mm -hmm. with a hair trim, my hair is now about halfway down my back. Okay. And I don't know if you remember when we were younger, like watching Disney movies where there'd be witches in the woods and they'd have like a hood and Mm -hmm, there was, mm -hmm. you know, like they're kind of like reaching towards Mother Gothel of you. Yeah. Yep. Evil queen vibes, that kind of thing. I now understand why they wore hoods because I have a phenomenon, which many of you may have post lockdown, which I am referring to very affectionately as witch's hair. Witch's hair, I feel like you get an immediate vision for. It's got like random twists and kinks. It's quite frizzy. It has like these little dreadlocks of doom that form and it's never really kempt. You know, it's always unkempt. Unkempt. It's kind of like 
if brambles were made into hair. It's exactly like that because witches have brambles. Witches love sporny mo- like bramble moments. Like They love those. So my hair is witch's hair. And now I understand why they wear hoods. Okay. Because honestly, nobody needs the aggravation. It gets caught in seatbelts. It gets caught in the wind and hits you in the face. It's frizzy. It doesn't matter how clean you keep it, how often you detangle it, or what sort of expensive products you put in it. No one can soothe a savaged beast like witch's hair. You know, so- May from Hercules did once tell us that no man is worth the aggravation. And now we may add hair into that equation. No man is worth the aggravation. (laughs) Cue Disney moment. Okay. (laughs) As promised by pretty much anything we've ever done, there will always be a breakout Disney moment (laughs) in our lives. Or Gilmore Girls, one of the two. You know, I think they're interchangeable in their value and their worth. With a special appearance by friends every so often. (laughs) So here's the thing. I have been talking about cutting my hair for basically the last three months on a Mm -hmm. loop because Mm -hmm. it has bothered me every day for the last three months on a loop. And this is the week. This is the time that I have been waiting for. Wednesday, Wednesday (laughs) is my hair appointment. (gasps) And I have never looked so lustfully at a hair salon (laughs) as I have the last three months. Like literally, I think if they had like a back door open, I would have just unconsciously rushed in and like woke up and like oh, I, I blacked out how did I get here like, <laughs> Oops, I guess I'm here already <laughs> am I your next appointment <laughs> so I literally can't wait and honestly it's all, a lot of what I'm thinking about this mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. I'm thinking I want invisible layers will my stylist know what invisible layers are I've read a lot of articles about invisible layers because you know what you can do when you can't cut your hair look up things you want to do to your hair that's right so mm-hmm. I have looked at hair cutting techniques I've looked at the you know the other thing that just a real quick side rant the other thing that bothers me about hair cutting techniques is looking at Pinterest photos or Google images for any sort of haircut. That's like the same five people. It's the same haircuts that have been on there since like 2011. And they're like trending styles for 2021. And it's the same haircuts. It's like, Ooh, long layers, groundbreaking. Like we've never seen this before. (laughs) You know Um, what you could do for an edge, a blunt bob. Wow. Every thing we talked about last week is coming back in full force that everything is cyclical. We're all just living the same reality. Over so, and over. over and over again. Anyway, the point All is, right, Hannah. <laughs> I am very excited about my haircut okay. and I, I keep thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the closest thing I'm getting to vacation, but like I was able to get my nails done today, which was lovely and a great experience. Mm-hmm. But all I was thinking was someone cut my hair. Someone cut my hair. Oh, I see you have some scissors next to you. Um, <laughs> How talented would you say you are with those scissors? <laughs> but basically I confirmed something today with my nail artist and I was like, you know how you can tell if someone's hiding their hair? And she goes, how? A top knot. Do you know why? <laughs> it's full of mysteries. Is it dirty? Probably. Is Some it ugly? Secrets. Definitely. <laughs> Is there a reason that it's tucked away all neatly and tightly? Oh, there's nothing going on here. Nothing suspicious. There is. <laughs> I am a, I'm a ball cap girl when I want to hide what's going on, you know. Good luck with long hair because the witch's hair 
will come for you. I'm come for you with a quickness. I have never taken such good hair of my okay, well, such good care of my hair. I've taken such good hair of my care. <laughs> <laughs> hair care, care hair, care bear. I don't know. Lots of rhymes. Then when I have extensions, because I paid so much that I'm like, I must protect these with my life. So like I do keratin treatments. I sleep with like a wrap on them. Like I braid them, like just coil it and call it a day. I'm just like, did you do the, like, it's from Tangled, the little flower song where she's braiding oh her hair and singing and grow. See what happens. Maybe it'll turn purple. Who can say, maybe I'll be able to, to, I don't know. It's a surprise. Well, I'm very, very excited for your hair appointment. I have Thank to you. say. I can't wait. Okay. Anyway, you, are you ready? Okay. So I, as previously discussed, am fully vaccinated and everyone I hang out with is also fully vaccinated because now I think it's like ages 16 and up are eligible. So pretty much every adult I know that I like interact with has been vaccinated or they've had. I too have been vaccinated. There's like, I think it's something like 60 something percent in the UK of all residents have been vaccinated, Mm -hmm. but they're moving through the ages. So unlike the States where they did like a little bit of age thing and then they were just like everyone um we're doing ages so mm-hmm. i think they're in the like 40s and 50s right now mm-hmm. i know all adults are, have been eligible they're moving into the teenage group with us and obviously small children are still under trial so it's hard to say but yeah i don't think most kids will be vaccinated for a few years i doubt it and i mean you know they're the least susceptible anyway so I yeah don't the think... death rate is super low for kids yeah so i mean unless you're immunocompromised which you can't get it anyway i can't see how like most parents are going to i, I don't imagine most parents will get their kids vaccinated with such an untested vaccination so far but i digress therefore i feel comfortable going out into public spaces masks on of course uh with my people and i went to brunch yesterday that's very nice and i went with a few of my friends two of them i just met but you know i get along with pretty much everybody and my friend wesley so we all went to this place called osteria kata it's on the upper west side the cocktails were okay but we just they had really good food and most places don't have both i'm here to say at least from my brunch I'm really not there for the boozy brunch. I'm genuinely there for the brunch food. I judge a brunch. And I think this tells a lot about who you are as a person. Do you judge the brunch by the level of the mojitos or the cocktails or the, you know, mimosas, like whatever you're having? Do you judge the cocktails or do you judge the food? Hannah judges the food. Mm, I judge both just differently. I can tolerate a mediocre food with good cocktails and vice versa, but it can't both be bad you know, yeah, has to be one or the other. So, and they weren't bad, but oh my gosh. So our server, she was so cute. We asked her among the, cause it was like hour and a half with purchase of one entree bottomless, which is how most places in New York city do it. So the table, you have an hour and a half to drink like as much as you possibly can. And boy, do we, sorry, I had a headphone Dramatic moment. Pause. I was so excited. <laughs> do we ever. So anyway, we asked her like, what do you think the best cocktails? And she was like, oh, you know, I don't really drink alcohol, but I've heard good things about this. So we're like, oh, okay. Like that's fine. And then we asked her later about dessert, which I had a Nutella calzone. And let me tell you, life changing. like, oh my in the northern United States, oofta. <laughs> it was like, you, you can't see the size that I'm like, v- listeners cannot, Hannah can. It was about this big, like triangularly. She's doing about a head width. Uh, it was seriously, like if I, it would have hidden my face if I had held it up. So we were supposed to have an hour and a half, but we got there at 1230, which means that we were going to have to be done by like two o'clock to really like meet the standard for mm-hmm. bottomless. So we were there until four, Oof. maybe 430. And we were drinking the entire time. Like Sarah hooked us up. Like she just kept bringing. So we eventually we all had mimosas. Everyone kind of like tried different things. We all settled on mimosas eventually. She just brought these like about this big of a pitcher, probably over like a little over a liter. 
every single time. <laughs> and woo, buddy, let me tell you, I definitely puked in someone's garden. Oh, no. It was messy. Oh, <laughs> it was no. messy. I didn't care. I was drunk. I didn't care. But this was my first, I have been drunk in a city before, but not this kind of drunk. Like most of drunk is a very specific kind of drunk. And uh, did I do unwise things? Yes. Am I going to share them? Probably not. But suffice, suffice to say, my inner hoe has not died. So that's where I'll leave it. Anyway, it was really good brunch though. Like aside from the messiness that came along with it, 1010 would recommend if you're in the city, Osteria Cata great choice they do bottomless ask for sarah ask for sarah demand <laughs> like no <laughs> so uh really good i try to go to brunch somewhere new every time just so i can kind of like decide what i like yeah it makes sense you know so well non-essential shops and retail services like nails uñas for those of you who speak spanish are (laughs) coming back for us they just came back today so you can go to like pubs outdoor gardens now you can go to shops again like non-food shops like clothing stores and furniture stores and things like that and you can get your hair done which as we all know is really the most important thing. The island reopened this past weekend. Um, granted, nice. it was a very, very rainy weekend, so I don't think they were actually open, but in theory, they are reopened. So uh, I've never been to Coney Island. I've been to the pier last year, but it wasn't open. It was just the pier and like the restaurant because we were only in phase four at the time for COVID. So slowly but surely, life is returning back to whatever the normal is going to be. I do kind of anticipate this kind of like pandemic scenario happening again, just as population growth continues mm. and just with climate change and just the plethora of other issues our little baby earth is facing i do anticipate that this will like it shouldn't be a surprise if this happens again with some new disease or something you know but hopefully we learn from it from this one and you gotta hope but the spanish flu happened and we were still like "Mm, it was so long ago whatever it's fine i hope there's another hundred years in between (laughs) i do have to hope that would be nice (laughs) it'd be nice if we didn't have to experience it again but it will happen again so yeah for sure yeah that's kind of it that's all i had just that things here have kind of been fairly normal for a little while things restaurants went back up to 50 percent capacity not that long ago you still can't eat indoors here today is the first day that you can eat out of doors yeah i mean i don't think that was a bad idea you know i just no i I mean i would i said this earlier today actually i would much rather the uk keep doing what it's doing because what they're doing is essentially a forward only easement approach so every single step that they're taking is slower because of the vaccination rollout Mm -hmm. but it's only forward progress so they won't go to the next step if it's not permanent from now on they are not anticipating any closures for retail shops for um, outdoor dining for hairdressers so Mm -hmm. it it, it's slower but it's it's not going to be back and forth which i really appreciate because Mm -hmm. the level of certainty is definitely one of the least popular things about lockdown yes yes that being said speaking of uncertainty a lack of wisdom poor choices it's time for emma's bees here we go okay well, here we What's are. What's the hive like? Uh, What's it looking like? Tell messy. us the conditions. The hive is messy. Let me tell you. There's a lot of fighting for positions here. There's a lot of like uncertain bees. They're kind of like, do I come in? Do I stay out? Like, what if I just come in anyway? What are you going to do? Kind of thing. And here How I am. How good is like... the honey? <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's something that is important to her, which is 
We found possibly the most perfect audio for Emma's Bees. I mean, really. Intro, not just what it is, but what it will be. You know, great expectations is probably a bad choice of words. It's more like terrible expectations that come true. It's, <laughs> so. it's I've never heard such a just accurate portrayal of my love life ever Deeply emotionally <laughs> evocative so what is this audio about so there's a specific reference that your right. profile has kind of a dual aspect to it when you're doing dating apps so what why did this audio come about emma let's talk well i first of all let's all just agree that titanic as a film is certainly iconic yes uh, a, a beautiful love story mm-hmm. celine dion for the ages some would say slash dolly parton amazing because Dolly Parton, did Dolly Parton, do it. She wrote it. Oh, did she? She wrote it. She That's also so cool. She wrote it, and then Celine Dion obviously performed it. Uh, my heart yeah, would go on. I don't think a country twang would have served that song. I don't think so, but she did. Dolly also wrote it the same day as I think nine to five. So Working nine to five. This is a karaoke episode. So um, sing along. Sing along. You know it. <laughs> and if you know it, you should sing along with this recording that we're going to use because truly, it's beautiful. I will say, I think that it is just it's very appropriate because my profiles, I have Bumble and I have Tinder and they serve very different purposes. Sure. And Bumble is much more like anti-hookup, anti-ho-face, like I'm not here for it. And Tinder is like, if you shine the fuckboy beacon, they will come. It's like the (laughs) anti-superhero. It's like, (laughs) there's like a lot of like, there's like screaming in the city and it's like, oh, the light's on, I guess. And the screaming is me internally. It's my soul. So my soul but i've decided to sort of embrace that dichotomy if only to prove to people that it does not matter on which side of the scale you fall on people will be the same because let me tell you so describe your bumble profile and then we'll end with tinder and then this iconic new audio okay my bumble profile is like here are my interests here i am as a person i've got three very specific points on there one is i 11 out of 10 chance i'm not gonna hook up with you the second is no, really, I'm not going to hook up with you. And the third is, you are not the exception. You're the rule. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. He's just not that into you. I decided to be like, okay, like, this is what I have on my Bumble. Bumble is known to be the more serious app of the two. Right. On my Tinder, it's very much like, it's not outwardly crude, but it is a little, like, a lot more innuendo it's going on. It's very double entendre. Super. But, like, in a clever way, but also in kind of, like, a... In a very overt way. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm just saying. And I really feel that this represented both sides of my personality. So, all this being said, I just felt that this audio, <laughs> as my whole love life, it's, it's the umbrella under which my love life falls. It is, as she described it herself, the F-boy beacon. I think that we should share it with the people. The people need it. It goes on for the whole song. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely iconic. I will say 10 out of 10 would recommend to a friend if you're looking for something ominous yet playful, much like Emma's dating life. (laughs) 
<clears throat> but there are some, there's some actual points I'd like to make about the bees this week, which number also one, the bees are <laughs> also on fire because <laughs> Tinder is is there. So the the hive is also on fire. Now it's just both. So <laughs> it's a surprise. It's like a char grilled honey, <laughs> <laughs> mm, tasty. It's a spicy honey, uh, smoky. <laughs> so. I will say that I have now discovered the way catfish get around verification. How is that? So when you upload photos, you have to, you don't have to, but you're highly encouraged to verify your profile and what they do. Like a live picture. Yeah. So they'll force you to take a selfie in a a myriad. There's like a hundred different poses they choose from. And it's verified by a person on the team. It's not by AI or anything, at least for Bumble. I'm not sure where Tinder is, but it all uses, I think Tinder uses facial recognition technology and then Bumble uses actual people to verify your profile. So you upload your photos, you do that. Boom. You're verified. Now you do not have to re-verify if you change your photos. So they went on as themselves, deleted their photos. They got into the club and they changed it all. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you're verified. You are verified. But I now having been in the catfish experience, I know what a catfish Instagram looks like. And what does it look like? If you started it, I mean, so granted, Nick was kind of the exception to this rule in that he started it a long time ago. However, the flags are the same in many ways. One, you only follow women or guys if you're a girl. Like you only follow the opposite sex, the people you're trying to attract. Two, you have photos with other people and no, no one's tagged and none of them have commented on your photo. No one's right. interacting. Three, you don't have any tag posts of you. You know, so Yeah, like, so in other people's profiles. Right. And three, you use very... What, four? Gosh darn it. Listen, I had I did six hours of math last week in one day, and I'm just done. So the answer was twelve. <laughs> so numero something else, <laughs> just number D. <laughs> <laughs> number multiple choice. We have arrived. So the other another one is that uh, you have very generic captions live your life (laughs) like when people steal my photos you know they sometimes even copy my captions Mm. or they'll do just something that makes no sense with the photo whatsoever and you're just rock star life (laughs) i mean really it's just something totally so usually when i make a, a, a caption i either make some sort of like reference to a song that i've heard or something that i feel like suits the photo or I it's it's something dumb but it's never something that's just like why would you post that caption with that photo like that makes no sense pumpkins <laughs> and also like this person had started his profile back in like January he's he's like super hot like mad hot works out a lot really good body claims to be foreign on his profile polish which is not uncommon in new york city i will say yeah, but i mean but this person who i had like started chatting with on instagram offered to video call me like twice in one night but it was already pretty late so I was like you know like maybe let's just do it tomorrow like whatever and then I asked him the next day I was like because I had told him what had happened I was like listen I'm just like really wary like you're gonna have to prove yourself to me so it's just a basic step now yeah, yeah. so he had been like oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like no problem because I'd asked him the next day I was like okay like why don't you like send a video saying hi to me specifically or like let's right. video call later and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely no problem. And then I never heard from him again. Mm. So he still follows me. But that has that was the last thing that we said. Because then I was just like, because he was working, I guess, during the day is what he said. And I was like, okay, well, like, just video call me later when you're free. Never heard from him again. And I was like, oh, so if you're saying it wasn't that big of a problem or big of a deal, why would you react that way? So I, I just know now what the signs are 
of a catfished profile. Like I know. And if it's, if it's not been on long, you have a lot of photos of yourself or other people and no one's tagged or interacting other than women. I know how to hold up three. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just here to help you. <laughs> Dude, upside down three. Beneath your wings. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, okay. Whatever. I don't speak German. Okay. Thank you. Even though I am German, I don't know a lick of it. So my mom's made a name means delicious in German. Which is? Lecker. Lecker. <laughs> so I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, so that's how people are getting around verifying their profiles online. So be wary. Be wary. Also, if they've like verified and now they suddenly only have like one photo of themselves. Mm. So Ask questions. <laughs> be suspicious. So my other one is that I, much like my two profiles, waffle between two sides of myself. And that is Emma, who craves attention and affection from one monogamous partner. Knows what she wants. Knows, Willing to knows what's, for it. Knows what's good for her. This side, this, this part of Emma is like you the angel on my shoulder. Crunk's shoulders. The, the like, angel, angel on my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Devil <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but this devil can do a handstand. One-handed. So very impressive. And that is my inner hoe. And let me tell you, she's just there. She's vibing. She was like dormant for a while, but there's also a part of me that has gained much cynicism when it comes to online dating. Mm-hmm. And there's also, there's kind of like, I've kind of like vacated the, the seat of serious in that I can't anticipate anything serious coming from a dating app, you know, like, right. You're not expecting it to actually develop into a relationship no. because of the experiences you've had. So a lot of it is still just podcast fodder. Like a lot of it is just like, what am I going to bring on? Like I hardly ever meet these guys, but when I do that being said, sometimes things happen and you know, I'm safe. Who can say I'm on birth control. I'm just saying that sometimes old Emma comes out to play and she's like, what if I just stay? And I was like, no, no, if you stayed, we, it would be very bad. <laughs> you need to go back. No, 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 no. <laughs> Shh, it's not your week. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, I think that there's that part of myself also understands that you can't have sex with someone into liking you. And so that's not really a factor anymore. You know, it used to be like, oh, if I have sex with them, it's because they like me or like, I want to date them. But now it's kind of like, I'm using you just as much as you're using me kind of situation in that Mm. neither of us have any expectations of the other. And a lot of them will make that like consistent like thing. And I'm like, "Mm -mm. I got what I needed. Goodbye. Mm. I'm gonna just play your game right back. I do not care. But like I said, that is few and far between. I don't frequent that side of the tracks. I kind of just walk in the middle and I'm just like, ooh, which side am I going to lose my balance on? I don't know. It's a surprise. So still going to have my meet cute in a bookstore. I'm determined it will happen. But such as the Titanic recording music, <laughs> my life is in shambles. It's <laughs> She's trying, but like not super hard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I do want to ask though, like okay. not for specific details, obviously it's to your discretion what you share, but I would ask afterwards, how mm-hmm. did you feel? Whatever happened? With yesterday's fine, fine, because it was, it, it wasn't sex, just for full disclosure. Like, I didn't have sex with this person. That is something like other things aren't as big of a deal to me as sex is. So, like, I, I won't often just genuinely hook up with these guys because sure. of a few reasons. One, because like, I have a habit. I make it a habit to get tested before and after every new partner. Sure. Yeah. And that's like, if you're really in a whole phase, that's a lot. It's a lot of testing. So it's easier from, and granted, like you're not safe from STDs, so to speak with other things, but uh, some things are more obvious than others. True. 
And I, I mean, I guess they could lie, but I don't know why they would, you know, you gotta hope not. Anyway, I always confirm with them. I'm like, I need to know like where you stand sexual health wise. It is just, it's a conversation that we need to have. So, so far everyone has been honest with me because once again, I still stick pretty rigorously to testing and I've never had anything. So yeah. And there are some things, like I said, like you would know if they had it. You would hope you would know. I mean, some things go without evidence of being there, but other things like herpes, for instance, you would know. Not unless they were in an active flare. Shh, you would know. Okay. So just for educational purposes for anyone but Emma, who is absolutely secure about her knowledge of sexual wellness, I'm just saying outbreaks are only visible during the outbreak when they are dormant, which is a lot of the time mm-hmm. you cannot tell. I will also say, because my doctor likes to tell me this every time I go in, he's like, oh yeah, about 50% of people will have herpes simplex. And you're like, great. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> um, which is basically that lives in cold sores. It's like a, yes. it's, it's cold sores. It's like, I would say, don't freak out if you do get cold sores. It's fine. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I've only ever gotten like, I've never had, I don't have any form of herpes. So, you know, but I'm just saying, if you could choose between genital and simplex, like you probably should just go for simplex. You know what I'm saying? You can not risk your wellness by being with strangers that would also be impossible (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah but like let's also be realistic about where we stand not just me but just society at large and also and and let's also understand that men think with only one specific head so we'll move on (laughs) and use condoms condoms are great use them how does that work out for you Well, I just, I personally just don't have sex with that many people. That's my form, you know, like there's not a lot of genital insertion. There's just, that's not really a thing that happens. Let's, let's, we're already talking candidly. This is now a sexual health podcast. Uh, This is now a sexual health podcast. (laughs) But I will say like the least you can do is just bring it up. Yeah. I think, I mean, your life, your choice, if you, if you want to pursue something intimate with a stranger i think there are always a number of risks that you run mostly mm-hmm. to your overall wellness like murder um but genuinely like there are general risks that are anybody comes into contact with and then there are also like sexual wellness specific risks where if you decide to become intimate with someone that you don't know there is mm-hmm. a risk factor like mm-hmm. they could lie to you you could mm-hmm. have forgotten to ask a specific question mm-hmm. whatever the case may be i would like to propose a counterpoint because here's something that bugs me about culture. So it's not specifically about anything that you've said, Em, but it's about the general pervasive lie that like everybody's having really good sex. And I think people have talked about it for ages, like actually no, not everybody's having really good sex, but there's this weird external pressure that like sex has to become this urge that you need to satiate like eating. And it's not, and it's not. And I think there are just so many negative narratives that women are constantly fed about your virtue and your ability to be validated, being tied up in a man's random respective value for you that day. And there's, there's just no place for it. 
you are not more or less valuable because you do or don't sleep with or whatever with a certain person. Like Mm -hmm. your value is intrinsic. It is not manipulated, changed, or levied by some sexual partner that you do or don't have. So it just really bugs me that like, not that people hook up with people, that's fine. But like that people feel this pressure to be hooking up with people Mm -hmm. because, oh, it's what everybody's doing. No. It's not what everybody's doing. Mm -mm. Most people in a given day are not having sex and they're absolutely fine. Most married people in a given day are not having sex and they're absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't like, again, it's not specifically to do with anything that you said, but it's just a general sexual wellness moment because this is now our podcast. I will draw back to my final point in that there is nothing. First of all, I don't believe in the friend zone. I think that it's just a phrase made up to describe when men feel devalued because a woman didn't give them what they thought they were owed like that's how I feel about the friend zone you know the the converse fact to that which is real is that I have been f zoned I don't want to say the word because I've already cursed a lot but you guys know I've been sex zoned is basically what I'm trying to say yeah and that's imagine someone only valuing because of what you can offer them sexually and as soon as you deny that to them you never hear from them again like can you imagine guys just like really take a moment internally to think about how that would feel because you think that being friend zoned is the worst thing that can happen to you like learn how to be friends with people learn how to see someone beyond a vagina which is also not even the proper anatomical term for what is going on like what it is you're seeking vulva but let's just say for like just all encompassing purpose, like blows my mind that 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 exists still. And it's just like, who raised you? Well, and, you know, I will I will never stop saying this. And this is just my experience and my perspective. But you will never be happier. You will never be more satisfied. You will never feel loved because you slept with someone. That is not how it's achieved. That's not how it's born. And if you're seeking that love, if you're seeking someone to really partner with in life, building a sex-based relationship is not how you do that. So that's, that's how I feel. And I know that it might be like, oh my gosh, Hannah says this like every time we talk about sex. Yeah, I do. Because I've been on the other end of the string and it sucks Mm -hmm. and it absolutely sucks. And it like destroys your soul and your self-worth. And I just, hope that nobody else has to go through that and i know that that's not realistic but i hope so but can we talk about the friend of yours that i hate <laughs> okay well hopefully they don't listen but i have a friend i hope he does listen because i have words for him <laughs> all right i have a friend who i feel is a very shallow dater i also feel that he is part of exactly what's wrong with body stereotypes with intergender relations with men's expectations for women. I absolutely hate everything he says. And if you are listening, I actually don't remember your name, but I think I know what it is in the back of my head, but I'm not going to say it, but you know who you are. You know who you are because you're the guy who constantly sends Emma these super thin photoshopped women and you're telling her what's wrong with their bodies and why they're not good enough. No, no, no. He likes those women. He's saying that they're like his his relationship goals is the women who are portraying an unrealistic body standard of even themselves. If you're he's saying he's sending me women, he meets online and saying they're what's wrong with them. Okay. Sorry. Let me, let me rephrase. <laughs> you're nit- nitpicking real women for Photoshopped goals. 
Is that true? Correct. Yes. Okay. I absolutely am disgusted by it. And here's why. Because you don't care about the person. You are not ready to be in a relationship. You are not ready to date. You are not worthy of a woman's time, my friend. Because honestly, it is so small-minded and shallow for you to think that a woman's outer body, a woman's appearance, the way that she happens to look that day, if she's bloated, if she has acne, whatever, you think that that somehow equates to her value and her, her privilege to get to date you. Honey, nobody needs to date you because you are obviously a sociopath. Stop talking to women leave them alone. Thank so, you for listening to my TED talk. Yeah, really needed to get that out. I'll tell you. And I, oh. just, I have gotten to a point now where I just distance myself from it. You know, it's not like, I don't really engage in that. Like if, this, if he sends me a photo of like a woman, he thinks it's very hot. I just don't say anything. I used to be like, that's edited. Why don't you understand that that's edited? Like that's not real. No women, maybe she's had surgery and that's the only way it's possible to have a 25 inch waist and 40 inch hips. It's not real. Stay tuned for the mini-sode. <laughs> True. That's very, very relative. Okay. Well, anyway, you know. I uh, just really needed to say that because I always think about him during Emma's Bees because while we're talking about the scourges of modern society and what's wrong with the dating world, his name constantly comes to my mind of like, you, you, sir, or what's wrong with the dating world? You know, I just, I truly believe that people who behave this way, it comes from a place of insecurity. You it know? always does. And the thing is, if you can't own that, that's why you're not ready to be in a relationship. It's not because you're not worth their time. It's because genuinely you are thinking so superficially that obviously this comes from the massive pit of insecurity in yourself that you haven't dealt with. And as soon as you deal with that, you'll probably be a very functional human who is capable of interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. It's just not today. It's just, if you know, there's, this applies to everybody, not one particular person, there needs to be a responsibility that you like, and a standard you hold yourself to before you embark on any sort of dating journey, you know, like you need to know yourself. I know myself. I used to be incredibly insecure, very shallow because I was afraid to be vulnerable with someone. And it was more of a like, what's wrong with you before you can say what's wrong with me sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. I know myself now and there is not a man alive who can make me feel like I'm not worthwhile. You just, you can't, you can't because I like myself. So if you call me like, Ooh, fat bitch, whatever, like you can call me literally anything you want. It does not matter to me. Okay. And Grant, this is not to say that people don't have moments of insecurity and don't feel bad about themselves sometimes, Yeah. but you have to know yourself inside and know who you are. And so like at that point, it's just pity from me. Just a little bit of disgust because like, ew, like why would you exist in, in this way? Like why there's, there's so many better things you could be other than an asshole. And somehow you're choosing not to do that. That blows my mind, but stop entering the chat, reverse (laughs) out of here, get out. So just, I hope you gain some inner peace because like we've said multiple, multiple times, only hurt people, hurt people. So if you're, if you're just constantly feeling like you need to point out the flaws of other humans, I see you telling me what you think is wrong with you. Oh yeah. That's good. hundred percent. So that's all. And I there we concludeth MSBs. <laughs> yes. So now we can dive into. We'll go like we'll take a sharp left down the hill, up the mountain, round and round we go. We're going to Timbuktu, very far away. Does anyone actually know where Timbuktu is? I I think someone looked it up once after that song. You know, like everyone heard when they were a kid. She's become around the mountain. I think is that it? 
I mean, that is a song about coming around the mountain, but Timbuktu What's the song? is not featured. So, so, there's this, so let me relate this back to like one thing before we move on. There's this movie series for kids. It's called Big Rock Candy Mountain. And it's, I think it's called Big Rock Candy Mountain. Maybe, maybe that's just one of the movies that they do. I can't remember, but they do like kids movies. And one of them was about little bunny foo-foo who traumatized me as a child. <laughs> Because the movie is a guy dressed up as a giant bunny. And oh my God. (laughs) And there's this one scene because, you know, the the story of Little Bunny Fufu is that the good fairy bops him on the head because he kept messing with the field mice. And what did he, the goons or something like that she gave him? Like an affliction of some sort, basically, is the moral. I don't think the song specifies which ailments he came down with. Well, she like punishes him basically for his rude behavior and in this movie it's just like spots like felt spots that they put on this guy's body and that's like his his punishment well there's this scene (laughs) upon your body (laughs) maybe your cows who can say (laughs) (laughs) so does somebody own cows i don't know it's a surprise there's this scene in that movie where the the girl who's like visiting her friends in this magical land is like comes upon little bunny fufu and he's hiding himself and she's like what are you doing what's wrong and so he sticks his ears out just his ears out from behind a carrot and i don't know why but it's because i think he like did up his eyes up and it was like this man is going to murder me this bunny (laughs) is here to stab a carrot through my heart it's i was like five okay this was like a moment for me because that makeup was traumatizing i digress there's another movie that they do about a magical (laughs) musical mansion and the timbuktu thing comes up because there's a song about an ant that comes from timbuktu or something it's like a whole musical number anyway that was like the only connection i had but the bunny foo foo thing really stuck with me so anyway (laughs) If you know what I'm talking sharp about, digression. that means that you were a 90s child as well. So Sharp, sharp digression. Let's get in to sipping on this. I would love to. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mm, very delicious. For a second, I thought we were going back into the recorder of my heart <laughs> and I started laughing. <laughs> you know what? Let's just do a quick listen to what comes after that here we go <laughs> banger <laughs> what a vibe that's gonna be like my squat song from now <laughs> What if I just like, what if I just take the top off of my Jeep and then just blare that? (laughs) I'm just sitting there like. (laughs) Kind of gets me riding dirty. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I would love someone to do like a mashup with that song and like some other very popular like pop song or something. That would mean if you are good at that. Something like Titanic Heart or Wrecking Ball. Those are always the songs (laughs) that people. I came in like a dude. Okay. Well, so, anyway, what are we talking about today, Emma? You know, we've kind of hinted at it. We've alluded to it, but what the heck are we going to talk about? So we all know that lockdown has been sort of just a blight on Hannah's life in particular and many an individual because the U.S. has not been in lockdown state quite as much as if ever sorry, some could ask. Like- okay. Brief interlude while my life was in shambles. <laughs> it's fine. So five. <laughs> 
<laughs> Number 60,000 and D. We. <laughs> and <laughs> D. <laughs> Big wink. Okay. We are talking basically, the moral of the story is we're talking about post lockdown opportunities. Lockdown is ending. Now what? Many of you, like me, are getting your hair cut, and you are lit for it. You are so excited. You just can't hide it. It's a big day. And you know what, friend? I'm right there with you. Truly. Emotional Uh, high five. (laughs) I can't necessarily relate because I feel like I've been able to do most normal things for a while, you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking is, like, the U.S. hasn't... I know that certain areas of the U.S. have been in lockdown in various ways, but most of the U.S. has not been in lockdown in the same way that we have. So in the U.K. and a lot of Europe, we're talking like you can go to the grocery store and home. You can go to the park and Mm -hmm. home, Mm -hmm. but you can't meet up with friends. You cannot pass go. You cannot collect $200. Like you can't just do whatever you want to do. And restaurants are closed and Mm -hmm. gyms are closed Mm -hmm. and et cetera. So (laughs) it's a big deal that lockdown is ending across the world, but I'm sure it's also a big deal in the States, but it's a huge deal in Europe because we can't travel internationally. I've seen a lot of people on social media from the States going to Mexico. You guys suck. We can't go anywhere. So, (laughs) so, but, but it's a huge deal. So what I think I want to specifically talk about is I've heard a lot of people especially in the workforce, talking about how lockdown has like changed the game. Mm -hmm. Now so many people know that they can work from home, which has been said, I'm sure a lot, but I think there's a lot more people that are considering self-employment who are considering Mm -hmm. work at home options. So I just want to like chat about that. Sure. Sure. You know, I just think that it's become very, very clear to corporate everyone that which we've mentioned a little bit before that working from home is now a viable option for most employment services. Like now location is not necessarily an issue anymore. You can do most. So granted, like there are certain things that are the exception, like for the work that I'm getting into requires a clearance, which requires you to go into a physical location that's protected. So that's a little different, but like for most jobs, you can do them from home and it's not a big deal. Yeah. And Unless you're building a house, you can probably do a lot of your admin tasks, especially from home. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of reminded people about work-life balance, because especially Mm -hmm. in like certain circles of society and in certain parts of the world, there really isn't an emphasis on that. You know, it doesn't matter if you have weekends, it doesn't matter because you're trying to climb quote unquote, the career ladder. Mm -hmm. So I think if anything, this has shown people, it's really important to have a life. It's really important to take time to decompress from your job Mm -hmm. because you're physically working at home so much that now work at home is even more entangled. So The reason I'm asking about self-employment is I've always heard of people speaking about self-employment who have like a specific goal. So they either really want to manage their own time, they Mm -hmm. want the flexibility, or they have like a specific business idea that they want to tackle, or they they have some sort of product that they want to provide. Mm -hmm. But I haven't heard people other than just generically complaining about their boss who were like, I know that I should become self-employed. And so I just kind of want to explore that for a second. Cause mm-hmm. I, I've never considered it really because I am not somebody who hates structure. So it doesn't bother me if someone else sets my work times or 
I mean, to a degree, I don't like shift work any more than the average person, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not a yearning for me to be my own boss. So I'm, I'm interested in what makes someone want that. I personally don't have that type of personality that like, it's not that I can't manage myself. I've for most of my time in the military and now, like I work on my own time in a way, you know, like what you accomplish in the time allotted is kind of up to you. Like there's a certain quota to me overall, but no one is going to come over with always a very specific tasking. So you have to be good at figuring out what needs to be done finding your own work, making sure you have enough to do for the day. And it's the same thing with my current job and my last few jobs, like post-military, I still had a lot of freeform structure where I got to come up with not my work schedule per se, you know, it's pretty nine to five, but Mm -hmm. what I'm doing in a day, what does my work consist of? Where am I going to develop my time? Am I going to put effort into this project or this project and things like that? Yeah. But I just know that if I were left to my own devices, I, I don't know that I would accomplish that much, you know, unless you find something you're really passionate about doing, I don't think it's a good idea to go into self-employment. You know, I think like yeah. there's some good reasons to like, if you're, especially if you're a parent, you know, like I understand the desire yeah. to like, no one's telling you, you can't take that day off. Like you can take it off if you want to. But I do think that if I were self-employed, I would feel a pressure to be working all of the time because yeah. now I'm like, I'm the only one who's going to like help me make money. And yeah. And I think part of it is because my mom was self-employed when I was younger, which she mostly did so that she could stay home and raise me. Mm-hmm. So she was a graphic designer, which is pretty easy to do from the house, but I just always associate self-employment with struggles. So I think of that as not necessarily an open door of opportunity, but kind of a pitfall of like, mm-hmm. you're very likely going to struggle each year. You're going to struggle when it comes to taxes. You're going to struggle when it comes to projecting how much money you're going to have because maybe it'll vary drastically month to month or, you know, I always associate it with kind of the negative side of things. So I don't think Mm -hmm. I've ever allowed my brain to explore, like, would I want to be self-employed? Because I think there are some questions that self-employment things ask that like anybody would say yes to like, do you enjoy managing your own time? Obviously. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you want to set your own hours? Yes. (laughs) Do you think that you would be a better manager of your income than some random person you don't know? Obviously. <laughs> like, However, I also know my spending habits. So... No, but I mean like <laughs> establishing how much work you take on as a direct yeah, output yeah, yeah. of money I get it. versus it, like a salary. My mom always worked. So even when she was just like a single mom, like my mom worked a nine to five. And mm-hmm. well, there were parts of that that were unfortunate and that like she couldn't be home all the time. And then my sister and yeah, I yeah, kind yeah. of had to, we were latchkey kids in a sense, but we had each other you know, and we had like rules and chores and curfews and things like, you know, like that. So I I have a few friends that have very successful businesses of their own, but they they went in with very good knowledge of the topic and they didn't go in like winging anything. Like, of course, it's always a gamble to start your own business, no matter what the content is. However, you know, I wouldn't start a catering business personally, because like, I don't like to cook. And also like, I wouldn't even know if you don't know how you're going to start something like maybe you don't start it. <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like that kind of contradicts the things I've said about like picking up and just doing it when you want to do something. But I also had a plan associated with those things. You yeah, know, I think, I think the scary part for me is I just feel like you're taking a lot into your own hands and like, yeah, maybe you'll do fine at it. But I just, I've always had jobs. So the idea of 
my work history being like, and then I was self-employed to me, doesn't make you that hireable when you go to look yeah. for a different job, if it doesn't work out, not to say that it won't, but just, I think I, I don't want to live my life with a plan B. Like, I don't want to always be thinking like, well, what if this doesn't work out, you know, but equally, I don't know if I would crave that kind of freedom at the expense of stability. I think I would mm-hmm. rather have the structure of that. But I think a lot of people are looking to work from home now and are looking at like, I think of like social media as a job parallels. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are now thinking, can I find ways to do less work or find ways to lessen my commute time? Or, you know, I think people are looking at more of a lifestyle transition period mm-hmm. after lockdown. I understand that. I mean, kind of because the idea of staying home and working even more, it like makes me want to pull my hair out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, but that's just me. I'm very, I have OCD. So this maybe contributes a little bit. I love an sure. office environment. And also I'm, I'm, I'm an extrovert. So working from home by myself, like does not fulfill, I don't feel like I've done anything, you know, like sure. even if I get all of my meetings done and I like, I fulfill like what I said I was going to do. There's just a part of me that doesn't even feel like it's a real job in a sense, you know? Yeah. I think as an introvert, working from home by myself is really nice. I think for me, the problem has always been my jobs have not been conducive to working from home. So I always associate working from home with doing nothing really. Mm -hmm. So if I had actual content that I could do, you know, meetings to attend or things that I could get done, I think I would really like it. I think the biggest problem for me is the structure of it all, because Mm -hmm. eventually no matter how many things you create for yourself to do, you will run out of things to do if you don't have a plan, if you don't have an objective you're working towards, et cetera. So I think that would be problematic for me. I mean, it just has to be a viable thing, you know, like, are you going to be a successful candle maker working from home? Maybe, you know, like if you can get the ground run and some people do make really successful like hobby businesses, you know, but I just think that the way the, economic system is designed in most countries is not conducive to that lifestyle. Well, and even like I was telling Emma this, I saw a job that was something like how real estate works, where you are making commission-based money. That would scare the life out of me. Sure. If if you happen to be great at it, you might make decent money, but you could make not that much money because maybe you can't get enough appointments or you, whatever the case may be. But I'm hesitant to get into something like that, even though I would rather have that kind of schedule flexibility. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is like you were talking about an office environment post lockdown for us in the UK and Europe, especially a lot of what we're dealing with now is like reestablishing social contexts and social calendars mm-hmm. where we really haven't seen a ton of people. Like if you've been following the rules, you haven't seen more than one person until like two weeks ago Yeah, outside. So now we're able to see up to six people outside, but you know what I mean? Like you just haven't seen people. And so now the time that you've been filling by yourself or with hobbies at home or whatever Mm -hmm. you have is going back towards social interaction. And for me, especially as an introvert, that's super hard because I have to build up a tolerance again for situations I don't want to be in because Mm -hmm. the introvert reaction is like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to leave. And like, you can't do that in social settings. Like you committed to be somewhere, you have to be there. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the last few weeks, especially for me has been like psyching myself up to see people. Cause when I'm in the moment, I'm always enjoying myself. Like I I always enjoy seeing the people that I've scheduled time to see. Cause I don't make time for people who aren't my friends. Like there was a group of girls that I know that did this event the other day and they didn't invite me. And you know what? Like I was saying to my husband, I was like, 
honestly, I, I only make time for people that I'm really friends with. And if you're not in that group for me, if you're not in that list, like it doesn't matter if you don't invite me to stuff, it doesn't matter in the moment. Sure. There's like a petty part of you. That's like, why didn't you invite me? But Mm. in a bigger context, like I only want real friends. I am too old to have friends that I'm not really friends with. So I just think like there's going to be a lot of adjusting to having social events regularly again, because it was kind of a huge treat in the lockdown interludes or inter the mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. interim periods in between where, like, yeah, we, we did get used to not seeing people and we have now the opportunity to start seeing people again, but I just, I'm mm-hmm. navigating those waters. Uh, my issue isn't that I have to psych myself up to hang out with people. It's just that there's a level of effort that I used to make that now is, it's hard for me to like (laughs) remake that effort because I've been like living my life in sweatpants for so long. And it's like jeans, like, what do you mean I have to put jeans on? (laughs) But there's also the part of me that's like, I refuse to go out in any sort of capacity less than like the nines. Like, that's just me. I, I don't feel pretty when I do it. I don't feel good about myself, you know? So I make the effort, but I will say that I, I think maybe it didn't make people more introverted. I just think people got so used to being alone all the time that a lot of us are now missing social cues. <laughs> and it's like, I have to relearn how to interact with people in a lot of scenarios. So yeah. that's been interesting. My friend, Allison and I, she's one of my work friends. We both vaccinated, whatever. We make it a goal of ours to go somewhere new pretty much every weekend in the city because she's that's been nice. here. She's been here longer than me. And she's like, some of these places she knows, but a lot of it, like you can live here your whole life and just never and do or see places, everything. Yeah. Like, and it's just, it's fluid. It's constantly changing, you know? So yeah, we've found some really cool places just walking. Like we found a chess store. I don't care for chess personally, but it was interesting because they had a bunch of people just playing in the back with each other and they had all kinds of really cool themed boards. One of the boards was $10,000 because it was made of real gold and silver. And I just thought that was fascinating, you know, because this is someplace like you would never know it was there unless you knew it was there. Right. So it's just like, that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. And I'm glad that the opportunity to do that has reopened itself. I think for me, the the hardest parts are like people that I don't know that well, because like friends I'll always make time for and it's quite easy to see them. Like I might not want to go out, but once I'm out, I'm enjoying it. But it's like meeting new people in small talk. Mm. Like I, I'm just not good at it anymore because I haven't had to practice. Like I don't enjoy small talk and I don't do it with my friends. So I haven't had to flex that muscle in a while of like, Mm -hmm. what what do you like to do in your life? (laughs) Like, Do you like breathing? I like to breathe. (laughs) Breathing is a fun hobby. (laughs) Let's do it now. (laughs) Um, And the other thing is like leaving when I want to, because I I quite often, especially in big groups of people, if Mm -hmm. I'm not thoroughly engaged in the event I don't crave the interaction with people so I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go home now bye Mm -hmm. and I would much rather like what Tammy said like make an Irish exit but it feels rude of me so I kind of like do a big swoopy wave like goodbye people (laughs) farewell peasants and then (laughs) thank you for being here today (laughs) thank you for being here today uh if you know you know so (laughs) but I yeah like I I don't have a ton of like goodbye stamina either Mm -hmm. like I say goodbye to the people that I really like in the room and then I do like a peace sign to the rest of the room and I walk Mm -hmm. out I think that just moral of the story is that a lot of us are just relearning how to be around people in general 
we're relearning how to be people. <laughs> and, but to, to, but really though, because I mean, this is yeah. such an unorthodox situation. This is not anything yeah. any of us ever expected to find ourselves in. And I almost think there's a danger as an introvert in letting that kind of behavior continue because yeah, as, sure. as much as you would love to like hobbit yourself up in your home and like never go on adventures with Gandalf or go find rings or anything like that, battle dragons, whatever it is you like to do in your free time. I'm just you saying, <laughs> I just think that they're just the way that, society is structured it's not a viable long-term option yeah and and also I love adventures I just don't love adventures with a bunch of people so I really enjoy traveling like I'm really excited because I have both my jobs as well I'm really excited to travel as and when we're able Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to go especially in the UK on like local trips because I love Mm -hmm. a day trip you know, just no packing, which is a great vibe and just getting on like a train or driving somewhere and, and just seeing a new place like that. That's one of my favorite things to do. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I think you're right. Like it it will be some additional like muscle training for me to get used to being around people that I'm not super close with again, because in lockdown, I haven't seen people that I'm not super close with because it's a lot of effort to go find a public place and walk around for Mm -hmm. an hour or two. Well, the good news is I'll be there in November, so. So it'll be great. That's all I need. It's me. Me. <laughs> Sorry, at Luke. Me. I'm serious, me. <laughs> uh, mine. That's what it reminded me of. Mine. 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 Iconic. That's like uh, 97,000 Disney moments in one episode. We so killed it. So, <laughs> but my only closing thought is that you can start a small business from home if that's what you would like. I personally would never do that because I like stability in my life. I need structure that corporate America brings. And Hannah's getting phone calls from someone that's not me. That's shocking. Level of disrespect. No, I got a text message and I'm like, how dare you when my phone is on silent, Mac iOS for (laughs) exposing me to the people and just like, like your sister is on silent read the room read the room okay but anyway just in an effort for the quickness because we are now recording a quick tea the quickness um and do you have any closing thoughts on the topic I was saying, I was telling uh, one of my colleagues at work uh, that I, like what we said about, I would be the worst politician in the world because all of my questions would be answered with, I would say, (laughs) and then the actual political answer, I would say that I, I think people need to give themselves grace. And it's something that I need to remind myself of too. Like, you're right. Nobody expected to be in this situation and it's not your fault if you have different social needs and social context and other people like it's not a bad Mm -hmm. thing to be an introvert and not have a ton of time for random stranger social interaction Mm -hmm. there are extroverts all over the world who crave it so i am let them them. have it i will say that working from home obviously for corporate scenarios is obviously an option now and if you feel that that behooves you and like suits you do it because now it's proven that we can yeah I'm excited for that to stop being so like rarefied and have more jobs that are consistently like remote work because there's absolutely no reason for some jobs to go into an office every single day. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love a hybrid work idea. I have no issues yeah. with that at all. Like work from home Monday, Thursday, going to the office the other days, you know, mm, queen, I love that. But it's just for some jobs, not realistic. The ones that I'm yeah. seeking in particular, like I will be in an office and- I'm but down that's with also that. where you thrive. Yes. Yeah. 
So if you're like me, maybe Google remote work jobs <laughs> because yeah. our message will never be, don't do it. Like all of the things that I said about self-employment are just my personal musings on it. But mm-hmm. I think if you really feel that passion, do it. I think the reason that we are not self-employment people is because we don't have something that we're like, oh, I really want to do this. I really want to provide this service, or I really want this job for myself in a self-business context. I will say owned and that operated. We did not start, we did not start this podcast with the goal of making it a business. We started it because it's fun and we enjoy it. Yeah. I think that we're like slowly building a following with it, which is exciting. Um, just because All I think 32. that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> not with you. We're probably at least at 40 now. Who can say, but I'm just saying uh, at that guy, it's 40 now. <laughs> <laughs> we had an eight in your face. So, uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm, but, but I am saying that that's the only viable from home business that I could see myself doing because yeah, it's you. something that it was, it was not like it would be every day, but it would still in a lot of ways probably be financially stable if it got to that kind of point. Well, and we, we really enjoy it. I, I hope that that comes across in the podcast, but mm-hmm. we really enjoy our chats with you guys. We love you so much. And I'm just like so happy you guys were here for our little rant about why we think working from home would be like a living hell. <laughs> So in closing, peace and blessings. Peace, peace and blessings. And blessings. Peace and blessings. <laughs> I showed that to Luke the other day and it was priceless. Um, all that being said, I am Emma. I am Hannah. That's the tea.